all right welcome back to my fellow humans with true crime obsessions welcome back to i just said welcome back and welcome back and normally i do hello i'm not gonna edit this because yellow so welcome back crime obsessed dog mom i'm michelle crime obsessed dog mom co-host at my feet he's actually down here this week uh baby dog known as rory um today we are going to actually look at the Halls Mills murders, which were a true media circus for its day. Alright, I already messed up the intro, so we're batting a thousand this week. <laughs> uh, welcome back, everyone. Uh, very happy to announce that we officially are over 100 downloads which is lit all over the u.s it's crazy um i've posted on a couple different like blogs and stuff that i'm on and i follow a couple of different podcasts and there's like self-promo sundays and so i keep putting mine up there and i guess people are listening um it's really cool people all down south uh midwest area which is you know i'm where i'm from and so yeah it's been it's been really cool i appreciate everybody uh coming in and, and checking it out and i you know i hope <laughs> i hope that you continue to enjoy what um what i'm putting out into the into the, the to the universe and so yeah things have been going pretty well my husband is recovering well from his surgery he got his he got his, uh, what are they called, stitches out yesterday, and he's still got about a month in his little cast. Not cast, it's like a sling thing. And last week, we took Rory to the vet, and I don't know if I've mentioned this, but he <laughs> he's makes, we've talked about that, you know, the Chihuahua, Dachshund, and Pitbull for the most part, and there's like some Pomeranian and, and some pincer, mini pincer in there. And so it is pretty well known that Chihuahuas, and Dachshunds, they have a little bit of a little dog syndrome. So they got a little bit of an attitude. And my, my grandma used to have, um, she had this little dog. And I think he was a Chihuahua. He used to just sit on his bed underneath her table. And his name was Joshua. And he was a devil. Like, he, I wanted to pet him so bad because I was just a youngin. She passed away when I was in second grade. So like seven. And I don't remember what happened to Joshua, to be honest with you. But he was so and I think he was part Chihuahua. So back on the story, Rory has some attitude problems, especially when it comes to the vet. Um, they love him. They're so kind. I always go with the same, the same vet because she's just understanding of both him and me because I always cry, but he has to be sedated before he goes. So I have to give him something to kind of cool him off. And I have to give it two hours before we even leave the house. And I, and I drive about 45 minutes to the vet because... I love them. It's where he got neutered. Is that what it is? Yeah, neutered. And he gets his dental cleanings. He's got another dental cleaning in August. And yeah. <laughs> and so he gets all glossed over and he's just like a hot mess. And he's still a jerk when he's in there. And it's so bad. I'm happy now that we can actually go into the vet with him. I, I really did not like it when I couldn't go in when COVID was really, really bad. And he still has to be muzzled. And he, he, I like to get his nails cut there because they won't, where I like to get his nails cut, it's just like a, a local pet store, like PetSmart, I think it is. And he, 
they won't let him have a muzzle on when he's getting his nails cut. And I'm like, it's for your safety. Like, he hasn't really bit anyone before. But, like, it's just a, it makes me feel better. And he's not overly aggressive. And he's getting better. I don't know if he's just getting softer as he's getting older. But so when he was at the vet, I had him cut his, his nails. And he was still a pain. Like, and he, they even took him out of the room. Normally, it's me. That, that That's a problem. He's trying to protect me and be a good, a good you know, protector. But he, he was not a fan. And he still wiggled. And, like, a couple... Uh, what was it? Probably, I think it was before I even started all this. I think it was like mid April or so. He, um, he had some diet or dietary, uh, digestive issues going on. And so I had to take him in and I asked him to cut his nails and there was two vet techs in there and they were like manhandling him. And he's, I mean, he's 35 pounds. He's little. If you've seen any pictures and stuff that I've posted on the social medias and stuff, he's not huge, but he's very muscular and he was a mess. Like he ended up, he, they ended up cutting him on accident. He has really long nails, which is like a dash houndy thing. And I just didn't keep on top of getting his nails cut for a, a long time, especially during COVID. So the quicks, which is like where the blood flow is, got really long. So, you know, they cut his quicks. So he was bleeding everywhere. and oh, It's a mess. So long story short, really not short because this is still, I've been talking for a long time. They gave me another sedative to give him when he gets his nails cut, when he, well, I plan on getting his nails cut. So I'll get his nails cut again in um, August, but he, when he gets his dental work done, but he'll be sedated. So um, they do like full sedation, uh, like he'll be under anesthesia and stuff uh, when he gets his, uh, his, teeth clean. So that's when they always say that they, they give him a bunch of snuggles and everything because that's the only time they can really do it. And they're so kind. There's like this receptionist there that, you know, you have to call for like same day appointments at like 8am and I'll start calling at like 750. And there's been one time that like, I really needed to get him in. I was like freaking out over something. And she texted me from like their, their number and was like, Hey, Michelle, do you need him? to get Rory in today. And I said, yes. And so she got me 10 minutes before they were even supposed to start taking appointments. So very kind of her. They're always very nice, even though he's horrible <laughs> the whole time he's there. But yeah, uh, I, hopefully he gets better as he gets older. I mean, he's nine already. He'll be 10 next year, but uh, yeah, <laughs> he's a hot mess. And I just wish, I wish that he was better. But if anything, when I eventually... I don't like to think about it, but whenever another dog comes into my life and he's no longer here, um, I would, I know so much more to like how to raise him. And I think he was truly what exactly what I needed at the time that I got him. So lots of, lots of baby dog, uh, stories today and it's been just eventful, um, he just, he's doing pretty good now. Digestive issues for the most part are pretty, I blame pup cups from Big B coffee. Um, I think they just mess his stomach up a little bit and, um, much to my husband's disdain. He, I don't want him to get pup cups anymore because it freaked me out so bad. So yeah, (laughs) if anybody that has dogs, I'm hoping, you know, if any of you have had dogs or, or that, you know, they love whipped cream and he's like a little crackhead for whipped cream. Like, 
he will get it through the drive-thru and he will be and I drive like a little SUV he will be like like he has little legs like he is I'm like acting this out like you guys can see me but he, his little legs are like on the back seat and he is fully up front like trying to get some and I always call him a little cricket it's funny uh, oh man I've been talking for a while uh, well um who doesn't just love me talking about my dog right and everybody wants longer episodes so I'm gonna work on um getting longer episodes and I know there was like two weeks in a row I did like 21 minute episodes I wasn't feeling well so it that kind of really impacted how I was recording and everything and I want to make sure I'm consistent so definitely getting better I feel great today it's Saturday right before uh, I normally will upload which will be tomorrow I'll schedule it later today and yeah so it's it's been it's been good things are going well lots of exciting things happening we'll talk about here uh, in the coming weeks so just fun 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 so uh, let's get started today we're going to look at the Hall Mills murder case uh, this was like a media circus before we called things a media circus which I feel like anything now is going to be a media circus and I know I last said last week that I was going to do the Girl Scout murders um, I I'm going to do that next week actually instead because next week is the anniversary and I think it's 45th anniversary and I finished up the I finished up the docu docu-series with Christian Chenoweth um so I finished that but I was like you know I'm gonna release it as more of like an, an honor of the anniversary so this week we are going to like I said uh, do the Halls Mills murder case. So this is actually back in the 20s, uh, September 16th, 1922. Uh, two lovebirds were, there's like this little lover's lane in New Brunswick, New Jersey. They're just scrolling through the park. Lover's lane, they're just taking a walk. Uh, and they came across a gnarly crime scene under a crabapple tree. So the bodies were like really carefully placed. It seemed they were like posed. The feet were pointing towards a tree and the man's hand was like under, or hand um, was under the woman's neck and her hand was on his knee. So it was like, it was very, like I said, very intentionally posed. Uh, there was a Panama hat uh, covered the man's head and there was a calling card, AKA, I didn't know what that was. So I looked it up. It's like a business card back. That's what they used to be called. Um, that was placed at his feet. And then there was a scarf wrapped around the woman's neck. Uh, torn up love letters were placed around the bodies. So like I said, this is like really intentionally placed. Like whoever did this was not happy. Oh, here's the baby dog. He went and visited his dad and came back downstairs. Hello, big, big boy. Oh, big stretch. Hi. Hi. Okay. Um, I wish you could see him. <laughs> but all okay, right. So back to it they were very carefully placed uh or posed uh love letters placed between the bodies um both were on their backs so they were like facing up and both had been shot in the head with a 32 caliber caliber pistol um the man was only shot once and the woman three times so i feel like that's overkill so there might be some you know animosity towards the the woman uh, the bullet entered the man's head over his right ear and exited through the back of his neck. And the woman was shot under the right eye, over the right temple, and over the right ear. So 
any of those were a kill shot. The first one was a kill shot. They, I feel like there was definitely some cruel intention. Like, they were overkilling it for sure. Uh, she was wearing a blue dress with red polka dots and black silk stockings and brown shoes. Um, and she had like worn a blue velvet hat uh, that was like on the that was the, that was on the uh, on the ground by the body. And then she had a, a silk scarf and it was wrapped around her throat. Uh, her arms had bruises and there was like a little tiny cut on her lip. Her left hand had been positioned to touch the right man's like thigh knee area, like I had said. Um, then an autopsy was done like four years later. Um, well, I think we'll get into that a little bit later too. Uh, and the four years later, this autopsy showed that her tongue had been cut out, which is rough. I couldn't tell if, um, yeah, so I couldn't tell if there was, that was like, I couldn't find anything that was pre or post mortem. I, I pray that it was done after she had passed. Cause I can't imagine, um, at the scene, like the police officers and stuff, they had noticed that the woman's clothes, the, the throat had been severed um, and there were maggots. <laughs> Gross. Um, they had ended that they were in the wound, like in her neck wound as well. Um, and that indicated that the death had occurred at least 24 hours earlier uh, in that day. He was found with his right arm positioned under the woman's neck. His hat covered his face, um, which was there. It was concealing that, that gunshot wound to his head. He had a pair of glasses on, uh, mom bruise on the tip of his ear and then there were some abrasions on his left little finger and his right index finger uh the wound there was a wound found on his uh kneecap which was about five inches long um it, oh it was right below his kneecap on the calf of his right leg so and then his watch was missing and there were some coins in his pocket so these bodies you're wondering who did they belong to well the bodies belonged to eleanor mills and reverend edward hall Initially, jurisdictional issues really caused a bunch of issues with this investigation because it was right near the border of Somerset um, and Middlesex County in New Brunswick. So the, they, the New Brunswick uh, police arrived first, crime scene, but the crime scene was actually like Franklin Township, was in, which was in Somerset County. So there's a lot of, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out who's covering this, but unfortunately people are were in the area they were curious and they trampled the scene uh this wasn't like nowadays right they they get the crime scene out crime scene tape out and everything uh they were taking souvenirs they the tree that they were by they were stripping the bark off of it um and then they were even like passing that that calling card or that that business card around or so all fingerprint stuff was messed up right um so all of that physical evidence super compromised uh even vendors were out there um like selling balloons and soft drinks near the murder site um every day like this wasn't just like one day it was every day because hundreds of people came and visited the crime scene which is just crazy to me so as we know normally when the, the, when the, like a spouse is killed, the initial suspect is the spouse, um, of the other spouse. So this initial suspicion, um, fell on Mrs. Francis Stephen Hall. That's the reverend's, uh, reverend's wife. She was seven years older than her husband and was apparently quite wealthy. Uh, it was no secret, uh, unfortunately that people knew that he had married her for the money and, 
Uh, there was also some suspect in, in addition to Francis uh, that her two brothers, Henry uh, Hugh, Hugill Stevens and Willie, or William, Willie Carpenter Stevens, and a cousin, Henry de la Buer Carpenter. Um, <laughs> I'm not great at names, so I'm going to do my best. Um, so there's some suspicion around her and her some of her family. Um, so there wasn't like a lot going on with this case right away. They didn't exactly know um, until a nearby hog farmer who lived in a shack, like not too far from the scene. Her name was Jane Gibson. She came forward. Unfortunately, because the media is the worst, uh, sometimes they're great. Don't get me wrong. They do really great things. But back then they dubbed her as the pig woman which is horrible. And she was, she became like the star witness for the prosecution. Uh, the daily news reports that Gibson said she had heard a noise on the night of the September 14th, which remember they were found like the 16th. So it was a couple days and they had known that because of the maggots and stuff that were in some of the wounds. Um, and she saw someone in her cornfield. Uh, she figured it was a thief. So she saddled up her mule <laughs> which name, whose name was Jenny, and uh, rode out in pursuit, trying to follow this person. But instead they found a car. Jane, Jane had found a car and she heard this bitter argument between two men and two women, one with white hair, like Francis is, the, the reverend's wife. And a the woman explained, or the woman, yeah, the one, one woman's voice yelled, explain these letters. And then there were gunshots, shrieks, and a woman screaming, Henry, frightened. Gibson, she obviously was scared, right? She had some gunshots and people yelling and being crazy. She went home. She galloped home. So unfortunately, along with this, and we'll go into it a little bit more too, every time she told the story, it led to, it changed. So there was some... Rory is barking at a neighbor. I'm trying to record, baby dog. Thank you. Um, I apologize if you keep him here and barking, but whatever. Um, unfortunately, every time she like retold this story, it changed. So then it kind of like there was some doubt and people didn't really think it was happening. All right. He's still barking. I'm trying to get him to stop, but it's not working. Um, so there was a grand jury for this case uh, in Somerset. They met in late November. Remember, this happened in September. Late November for five days, and they heard a bunch of witnesses, like 67 witnesses. They decided to not indict. And so it seemed this case was kind of dead. They, you know, for the lack of a better word, they they didn't have any leads. They didn't know who it was. So about four years later, remember, this, they ended up doing an autopsy four years later. Um the this affair was brought back to life when the husband of Louise Guest, she was one of the the former maids in the Hall family, she fall he they followed filed for a petition of annulment of his marriage on the grounds that his wife had actually withheld knowledge of things that happened during the Hall's Mills case, and essentially he claimed that his wife had told Miss Hall or Francis on. Um, September 14th, which is the day that Jane had heard all of the arguing and stuff, when apparently Mrs. Hall, that she knew, she told Francis that Hall, her husband, intended to elope with Miss Willis or um, Eleanor. He also alleged that his wife um, was with 
Miss Hollow or Francis and Willie, one of the cousins or family members, they had driven out to Lover's Lane that evening and accepted Edward and Eleanor there at Lover's Lane. And, you know, she received his wife, this guy's wife, had received $5,000 for her part in the manor and obviously just keeping quiet. The newspapers, especially the Hearst Daily Mirror in New York, went to town. Evidence, like, went to town. They got this evidence and they're like, let's go. Um, And, you know, Geist, the husband, that he obviously supplied the the information. So this new uh, prosecutor in Somerset went into action, immediately arrested uh, Francis Hall in, in the middle of the night, as well as the two brothers and her cousin, uh, she alone would be released on bail. Remember, she's loaded until the trial. And there's this other, there's a special prosecutor, uh, state senator from Hudson County, Alexander Simpson. And then there was some intervention uh, that was that was because of the governor getting involved at the time. This continued to get the national press attention, and it really definitely renewed that resolve to find out whether Francis did have anything to do and her relatives had anything to do with the crimes. So in the four intervening years, unfortunately, you know, between the time that they had died till this day, a lot of the evidence had been messed up, including the autopsy reports and the testimony of the grand jury. As these new statements and documentation, you know, come out, they're collected, you know, in the late summer of 26, once again, four years later, she, Francis, bold, Uh, invites the press to her home and her hair had turned completely white in the four years after the murders and apparently she was just like really not at ease at all she complained that the reporters had made her like this ogre um and her her quote is the trouble is i am more or less than an ordinary person that is not sufficiently picturesque However, I'm not going to cry about it. I'll make the best of it I can. And so there was another grand jury, uh, but the, it was time for the Somerset grand jury. Lots more, you know, continued national attention. Uh, and there's some new testimony. Uh, it, it, they didn't end up indicting all four. Uh, they'd been charged in September. Although the prosecutor seceded in a motion to try the separately the cousin, the Henry cousin, cousin um, against the witness's testimony was because of one what it was the least uh, substantial trial itself lasted uh, a month and beginning on November 3rd the state prosecutor opened by naming Miss Hall as responsible for wanting to catch her husband and Eleanor um, you know in in act essentially and asked her two brothers to join the prosecutors also pointed out that the, the business card that was at the at Edward's feet was found to have Willie's thumbprint on it. And there was a witness that testified that Francis had hired private detectives who had bribed key witnesses against her. Uh, there were several other witnesses, too, that seemed to have been intimidated to stay quiet. However, the witness that everybody wants to talk is Jane, who wrote up on Jenny. And saw all this stuff. Um, because 
the state's case was still weakened a lot because of all these witnesses. Um, they Some of them appeared to be kind of like sleazy or unreliable. Their star witness, like I said, was Jane. She unfortunately had been hospitalized at the time of the trial. She made a very, there's pictures, <laughs> there's a very dramatic appearance. She got rolled in on a stretcher and her testimony was backed up in many details by other witnesses who saw her that evening and also saw the car she mentioned near the lover's lane. But the defense uh, seceded in blasting her testimony with standard sexual politics that happened in the courtroom. Uh, They began to question her about her marital status um, and her previous husband's and the woman's vague, evasive replies were sufficient to essentially tell the, the jury that she had that she needed to not be believed, um, which it's just unfortunate that they, they, you know, played those cards in the courtroom and kind of messed her up. Um, even one juror admitted afterward that he would stay 30 years rather than to convict someone, anyone on the evidence that the pig woman gave. So it was just obviously a very skewed jury, which is unfortunate. Uh, Francis, by contrast, was, you know, obviously presented as a very upstanding, she had a bunch of money. Remember, she had a bunch of money. She was presented as this upstanding citizen along with her two brothers. And her lawyer was like, have they been thugs? Have they criminal records? Are they thieves? No, they were fined, Gentile, law-abiding citizens. The very highest, I got my words confused there, highest type of character, church-going Christians, who up to this time enjoyed their perfect admiration and respect of their friends and neighbors that defense you know suggested that not so subtly that uh, eleanor and the pig woman um herself were more plausible suspects which were like what like what um and so as a result of our judicial system at the time francis and the two brothers were acquitted of the crime so weird theory there's a weird theory on this um this study this case was like studied in 1962 there's a lawyer named william kunstler and he argued that the jury at least reached the correct verdict um in his view he thought that the kkk or the ku klux klan was responsible and he pointed out that the klan was the was refounded in 1950 1915 from the original civil war group and if you don't know who the ku klux klan is if essentially really horrible humans that burned crosses and very hateful of the african-american people and would lynch them and and just horrible 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 in addition to them being horrible racist humans they um they were very committed to strict standards of sexual morality and known to punish anyone uh that had violated the the fidelity of a marriage so yet he kind of demonstrates that there was like a pretty good strength of the clan in jersey new jersey at the time where this happened um he can't really tie the case to any way and he admits that his evidence is pretty circumstantial. Um, moreover, he also says that often with these cases, when it came to, you know, the, the infidelity, when it came to marriage, it would fall very short of murder. They wouldn't murder anyone. They would tar and feather them. They'd beat them. Um, but they would not 
generally murder people. So unfortunately, this is still unsolved. Like they, I think personally that the wife did it, but she got acquitted because everybody said, oh, well, she an upstanding citizen. So she's the best. That's my opinion, but I don't really know. And I believe Jane, and I think she was portrayed horribly, which is just unfortunate. And I feel like this stuff is all too common, even in today's in today's society. People get judged because of their past and ultimately aren't trusted or... And I'm not saying that they always should be, but I definitely think that there is more on this story than, than they're definitely letting on. And, and the, the theory about the Ku Klux Klan, that's definitely kind of out of left field for me. Yes, horrible people, but like you know, like the research that they normally just tarred and fellowed and uh, feathered and, and kind of beat people, which is also horrible. Um, and they did a bunch of other horrible things and I, they definitely are still around nowadays, just way, way deep in the closet, I guess. And um, yeah, so unfortunately I'm still unsolved and hopefully one day they can, but this is so long ago. I think that those involved are probably no longer with us. And this is going to be one of those things that's unable to really ever be solved, which is very unfortunate. So yeah, that's our case this week. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Like I said, next week we will do the Girl Scout murders. Very sad. And they did a really good job with the docuseries, I think. And I'll get into it more. Like it was just really heartbreaking. And there's lots of pictures and it was just really hard but to watch but I think it was really important and I wanted to make sure I was as educated as possible about the case so we'll go into that a little bit more next week uh I'm very open to your feedback I do appreciate everybody's positive feedback but like I am open to not good feedback as well if I do stuff that maybe or there's background noise I'm really trying to work on I, I mean you can hear Rory sometimes when he's rocking around the house but like it's to the point like there were times in this episode I actually ended up having to edit it out like you could hear I'm in my basement right now we live on a tri-level house which there's like a, a basement with about 500 square feet a middle area with about 500 square feet and an upstairs about 500 square feet with where the bedrooms and stuff are you could actually hear my husband who is at least 25 feet away and upstairs from me you could hear him close the fridge so I'm trying to work on making sure that the background noise, I fidget a lot. So I'm trying to not fidget too much or make too much noise by like hitting things on my desk. So I'm working on it. We're doing our best. I got us a longer episode, which y'all are welcome because I know you love it. <laughs> but I love feedback. If you have any cases, I know there was my one friend that's in Missouri that has suggested a case. I got to ask her again which one it was. Um, I know there's a couple other ones too that I, I mean like... I got so many cases. So there's uh, essentially America's version of the Bermuda Triangle coming up. I got that good one. I'm working on Catherine Knight, who is an Australian woman, who is, is really bad. Um, and uh, talk about Black Widows of Liverpool. We're going to do our first major serial killer, Ed Kemper. I want to do a lot more research on that. Uh, then we got a serial, an 11-year-old serial killer. Um, lots of lots of stuff coming up lots of 
serial killers coming up. But I'm trying to find, like, cases that I haven't heard on other podcasts. I've heard of the Girl Scout murders, but I think it's just, it's getting a lot of recognition right now. And I think that's something, it'd be cool to, like, cover it. Not cool, because it's really sad, but cool to maybe be able to get our name out there a little bit more as well. So lots of cool things. I've got, like, 30 episodes planned out, which will get us well through the rest of the year. And, yeah, so it should be... Should be really good, and I and I look forward to continuing to do this. There's like a bullying. I just saw something in one of my Facebook groups that I'm in uh, that have a couple of the different uh, podcasts that I follow about the Las Cruces uh, bowling alley murders, and I'm, I've heard that one on a different podcast before. But um, my husband, he, they're like he where he's from in texas wasn't too far and i've been to las cruces before and that too so i think it would be interesting to do that uh case just because i've been there before and i know there's some there is a there's a serial killer that in the county that i grew up in so yeah it should be pretty interesting um couple there i mean i've got like six months worth of episodes so uh i look forward to continuing to do this i appreciate it Got exciting news coming in the next few months, uh, some cool stuff happening. So yeah, we'll figure things out and I look forward to continuing to do this. Like I just literally just said, um, all this source material for this is obviously going to be in the show notes. Like it always is. Please subscribe, please rate on Spotify. That's where like a lot of our people are coming from, uh, podcasts or Apple podcasts, Podbean, which is actually like where my podcast is like housed, uh, lots of iHeartRadio, anywhere. So I appreciate it, honestly, sincerely. This is so cool that we have over 100 downloads, like, and it's not like just people from Michigan where I'm from, like it's people all over, people that I've met gaming, which is, I love to game. And so I truly, truly, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate it. I can't imagine... I feel like I can't imagine my life without this now. So it's kind of weird and it's something I'm just so passionate about. So I love it. Um, We'll keep going up on Sundays. Uh, Be sure to check out me on my social medias, Instagram, Crime Obsessed Dog Mom, Twitter at CO Dog Mom Podcast, TikTok, which I'm trying to get better at posting my TikToks, uh, CO Dog Mom Podcast. And like I said, I always say you can just kind of search me up and you'll be able to find me my iconic podcast uh symbol or artwork cover art so i appreciate it thank you so much stay tuned stay true crime obsessed love on your animals be kind to each other and i'll talk to you all next week